Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Johnny Jastrzemski. Sports Radio 1019 FM. The Fan. It's 922 here on this Wednesday evening. It's JJ John Jastrzemski. We're right here on the fan, and the Giants' season has come to a close. Six and ten, out of the playoffs, need help from the Philadelphia Eagles. They don't cooperate. We know what happened there. And now, you're looking forward to 2021? It's going to be more of the same. Dave Gettleman back. So, to break down the Mara Gettleman Zoom session and to look forward to the offseason as a whole, we welcome back my main man from the record, one of the all-time greats. Art Stapleton. Art, my boy. Happy New Year. I'm glad that we're doing this to have a laugh on what's been a very, very tough day. How you doing, my friend? Completely agree, JJ. Always a pleasure to be on with you. Always nice to be a little bit earlier in the evening other than uh, JJ after dark. But first off, congratulations on your engagement. Very happy. Wow. Thank you, Art. Much appreciated, man. Believe it or not, uh, after seven years, sooner or later, somebody had to pop the question. Giants go uh, go forward with the marriage with uh, Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman. So we'll see what uh, where that goes next year. Yes, we will, my friend. Yes, we will. Let's start there. No surprise, right? Um, despite my criticisms towards Dave Gettleman, and I've had quite a few, I have to acknowledge his offseason in free agency from Blake Martinez to Bradbury to Logan Ryan to Leonard Williams trade working out. Do you get the sense, Art? His moves defensively and the way the giant defense played is the main reason he was brought back here for 2021. You know what? I mean, obviously, his moves, the free agency moves were were home runs. I mean, you know, look, he, he was criticized, and I tweeted today, you know, if I go back to free agency, if and I'm being honest, I wanted the Giants to sign Corey Littleton. I thought it was a great fit at middle linebacker. Instead, they went for Blake, Blake Martinez. Martinez completely outplayed Littleton this year. I thought Byron Jones going to your boys down in Miami was probably the better fit for the Giants just based on, you know, history with Jerome Henderson on the back end. Instead, they go James Bradbury, and no saying that uh, Jones is a slouch by any stretch, but Bradbury certainly matched his season this year. So on and on and on. Um, I, what I what I thought JJ to be perfectly honest with with Gettleman is that 
when they made the decision to keep Dave Gettleman last year and fire Pat Shermer, that was essentially John Mara acknowledging whatever mistakes were made in 2018 and 2019, Gettleman's first two years. It was acknowledging those errors and mistakes and missteps, but also saying, you know what, we're going to clean your slate a little bit and let you move forward with Joe Judge. And I really feel as though, you know, when they did that, they were not going to go back to 2018, 2019. So whatever he did in 2020 was going to affect his future and whether or not he stayed in this position. So to answer your question, I truly believe that from their perspective, uh, because he did a good job in 2020, they're not going backwards and starting to talk about the mistakes that he made in 2018 because Mara essentially gave him a pass on them, if that makes any sense. No, it makes perfect sense. And, Art, I have always been very critical of the fact that he came into this job and misread where the Giants were at because I never really looked at them going into 2018 after the nightmarish 2017, thinking, all right, they're a piece or two away from being a really good team. Some people thought that. I did not. But now looking forward, I think his job is going to be make or break on what Daniel Jones turns into in his third year. We could talk about Saquon. We could talk about defense. But this year coming up, and I think the overall referendum for Gettleman is it fair to say that a majority of that is going to be hitched to the Daniel Jones wagon and whether or not he's the right guy? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you definitely make a, a great point in terms of where Jones is, but I think you could also make that statement just overall as a franchise. I mean, whatever good feeling you may have coming out of a 6-10 and 10 year and the confidence you believe that Joe Judge is building this program, if Daniel Jones comes out next year and doesn't elevate his game uh, higher than what it was this year, you may have a difficult time getting beyond 6-10, and 10, and that becomes not only a Gettleman problem, but now it becomes a Judge problem going forward that now he's got to kind of reboot and look for another quarterback. And now you bring in another GM, and, you know, the Giants have been on this cycle here. I think Judge is here uh, for the duration of his first contract. I think it was a five-year contract. You know, after firing two head coaches uh, in McAdoo and Shermer, you know, the Giants are going to have to see Judge flop on his face uh, several years in a row before they look to cut ties. But, yeah, Daniel Jones is definitely a big part of it. I think Gettleman's primary responsibility now, here's the way I look at it. When Dave Gettleman was hired and they hired Pat Shermer to be the head coach, Dave Gettleman's voice was the loudest in the room. And I think for two years it showed, uh, and some of the missteps, he owned them, but I think Pat Shermer paid the price because his voice wasn't loud enough. He didn't command the room uh, in the organization. I think when Joe Judge was hired, I think his voice is now the loudest in the room. I don't believe that takes any power away from Dave Gettleman necessarily, but I think Dave Gettleman's number one job is to satisfy the vision of the head coach. Whatever players he drafts, whatever players he signs in free agency, whatever moves he makes, it's to satisfy Judge's vision. And quite frankly, I think that's where the optimism comes from the Giants moving forward, is that they believe in Judge's vision a heck of a lot more than what they were trying to do and dig out 
of mistake after mistake in 2018 and 2019 with Shermer and Gettleman kind of plugging one hole and then, you know, three other holes leak. And then you look at it and you say, okay, well, where are we really getting? Okay, Daniel Jones, third year. First year, numbers were really good. And had a lot of big statistical games. Had good games without Saquon Barkley. This year wasn't as good. Now, played better in the second half of the year. Uh, Eagle game, second one was good. Dallas game, for the most part, was pretty solid. Uh, or why did we see that regression year one to year two when it comes to Jones, in your opinion? You know, I think, uh, look, I think it was definitely a, re- a regression production-wise, no doubt. I do think that it probably affected him more than they'll let on the beginning of the season of adjusting to Jason Garrett's system. Uh, I do think that, you know, look, Jones, you know, if you're going to be a franchise quarterback, you need to be system-proof. Uh, you know, you're going to look, you know, again, to go to your your favorite team. I mean, two are going into year two. They're probably going to bring in somebody who's going to fit his strength, right? I don't think Jason Garrett necessarily fit Daniel Jones's strength. So it was, again, Jones had to adapt. I think Jones fit more to Pat Shermer's system, and then he had to adjust. Now, it doesn't mean he won't adjust to this system if this is the one that goes into year three. But I, I think that, and look, Mara and Gettleman both were, were pretty clear today, which I think it's, it's what we all thought during the year. And once the Giants lost Saquon, which was the f- second quarter of the second game of the year, they had no weapons. I mean, let, let's be honest. You know, why did Evan Ingram find himself at the center of a, a lot of ups and downs for this team? Because he was the best guy they had on that offense. So they had to force things to him. And when he didn't make mistakes, it was so glaring. Um, and, and that's not to disrespect the wide receivers they had. But, I mean, you know, Darius Slayton is a fifth-round pick. He had a great rookie year, comparatively speaking. But, you know, he's not a number one wide receiver. I mean, you're, you're going to talk about comparing, you know, an Allen Robinson or a Kenny Galladay to, to Darius Slayton in year two. That, that's just not the way it is. So when they talked about getting playmakers today, I think that was an obvious nod to the point where, you know what, we know Daniel Jones has to play a lot better, uh, but it would also help if we get him a stud out there. You know, look how Josh Allen took his game to the next level when the Bills went out and made a huge commitment to bring Stephon Diggs into the fold. I think the Giants are kind of looking at something like that for next year and hoping Jones' game can kind of take a leap the way Allen's did from year two to year three. I think that's a great point, and look at what Stephon Diggs has done for Buffalo. I mean, that offense, and you wonder why Brian Dable is a front-runner to get an NFL coaching job. Look at the work with Allen. But when it comes to Garrett, you get the sense he's back unless he, by some miracle, gets a head coaching job. Or you think we're looking at another year where Jason Garrett's calling the plays? You know, you, you listen to what they were saying today, and I, obviously John Mara loves Jason Garrett. You know, I think he, you know, there, there's this feeling out there that Mara kind of pushed Judge towards taking Garrett in as offensive coordinator. I don't know necessarily if that was the case. Um, but look, Garrett was here. I think 
from my perspective, Joe Judge doesn't want to go out now and make a change at offensive coordinator if Jason Garrett is looking for head coaches. I don't think they want to do that to Jason Garrett. You know, if by some chance, you know, the Chargers shock us all and they want to hire Jason Garrett as head coach, the Giants will just kind of be like, oh, all right, well, you know, congratulations, Jason. We don't want to, we didn't want to have our third offensive coordinator in three years, but we know this is what you want to be. Um, I, look, I, Either way, if Garrett comes back, Joe Judge and Jerry Szaplinski, the quarterbacks coach, and anyone else, whether it's Freddie Kitchen still on the staff, they need to sit down with this offense now, now that it has been installed, and say, you know what, we need to, we need to up the game a little bit. We need to modernize it. We need to bring it up to the level. You know, you mentioned Dayball. I mean, look, Dayball, uh, with what he's done in Buffalo, schematically, I mean, you got guys running open all over the place. You know, the Giants seem to rely more on talent than they did schematics offensively. And obviously, you, if you want to win, you got to have both. And they just did not scheme stuff well enough this year. Uh, if that's Garrett's fault, well, then I think Joe Judge needs to examine uh, that offensive side of the ball. You can't have the philosophy on defense with Patrick Graham and everything that they're doing defensively and then flip to the other side of the ball and kind of being stuck in the, you know, the late 90s and say, you know what? our people are just going to be better than your people. That's not how the NFL works nowadays, unless your name is Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, and you're going to roll out all the weapons that they have, and yet still they're one of the most creative offenses in, in the NFL. My dude, Art Stapleton, talking some giant football is 6-10 and 10 is not good enough to get the Giants into the postseason. Um, they got to get more dynamic on offense. You know it, Art. I know it. It's the worst-kept secret with the football team. If there is one guy that Art Stapleton could have in a giant uniform next year that is reasonable, that is practical, do you have somebody who like tops the man crush list? You know what? It's a great question, JJ, because I'm torn, to be quite honest with you, whether the Giants should go wide receiver at 11 overall or they should make a, a big splash in free agency and bring a, a stud wide receiver into the building. Sounds like uh, my world the, is a our, Dolphin fan, to be honest with you, Art. I feel like I have these same dilemma questions myself, except yeah, well, I have Dolphins three in another pick. A little better position. You know, they're going to have the, probably the pick of the litter as far as the wide receivers go. Um, you know, look, it. If if I'm going free agency with the Giants, you know, look, their their two biggest issues are obviously they need to add an edge edge rusher and they need to to get a number one wide receiver in here. You're probably going to make one splash in free agency if you can bring back Leonard Williams. You, maybe you go wide receiver or an edge guy, but I I think. I'd go Allen Robinson. That would be my guy. If I needed to make a splash free agency-wise, I'd either go Allen Robinson or if I can get at a somewhat lesser price, I would go Corey Davis of the Titans. Because I think if you put Corey Davis on the field with Sterling Shepard as your number two and Darius Slayton as your, you know, your your outside guy opposite Corey Davis, I think now all of a sudden it ups the ante a little bit for Daniel Jones, uh, and you have a guy that, you know, you know Davis and, and we see what Davis and, and Brown have done for Tannehill in, in Tennessee. Uh, I'd like to see, you know, Davis in here with this offense. So if that's my guy, I'll say that's my guy. I love Allen Robinson, but I think he's going to be a little bit more pricey than Davis. So I'll go 
Uh, I'll go Davis as the guy in free agency, and then I'll draft one of the edge guys at number 11 uh, for this defense to kind of for, – for, you know, a little bit of clay for Patrick Graham to mold uh, for this defense. Um, I want to go back to Sunday because, listen, it was the buzz of social media. I know Giant fans were outraged. Listen, it was a bad look for Doug Peterson and the Eagles. There's no other way around it. But when you're in a position, Art, when you're a six-win team – and you lost a double-digit lead to the Eagles, and Evan Ingram drops a pass, and you're in the position. And I'm glad that Mara said this, and I'm glad that Joe Judge acknowledged this. We didn't win enough games. You could be unhappy with the Eagles. You could be ticked off at Doug Peterson. You could take it out on them next year. I know you're not getting a Christmas card, but this idea that like the Eagles owed it to the Giants— that is what I have a hard time stomaching. You know what I mean, Or Like, listen, 100%. I'm not saying it's a good look, but that rubbed me the wrong way hearing that this week. I agree with you. You know what? I don't think – and look, one of the first things – what's funny is that the way Monday played out, we got – we got fighting with five players during the day, and then we ended up getting Judge at around 6 o'clock. So during the day, we got the players right after they had their team meeting with Joe Judge. And every one of them that we talked to, really except Daniel Jones, because everyone wanted to talk to Daniel Jones about himself and not what had transpired in Philly the night before, every one of them said we had 16 opportunities to win one more game. We didn't win one more game. We didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. I mean, every guy. So you knew that's what Joe Judge told them in their team meeting right before they came on to the Zoom calls with us. But then when you talk to Joe Judge at night, before he had his rant about the integrity of the game and against the Eagles, uh, you know, he said it as well. He said, it. look, we had 16 opportunities. So for me, watching the game, having to cover it basically from the couch on Sunday night, I, I got to be honest with you, JJ. I was disappointed as a fan. I, I was impressed with the Eagles, what they did defensively. I thought there was no way they were going to stick in that game over the course. I mean, they had ten, you know you only have to list seven inactives. They listed ten. I mean, nobody was playing. And I love watching Jalen Hurts. So. When they're down three points and they're deep in their own end, I'm thinking, you know what, early stages, fourth quarter, give me some Sunday night football. Give me Jalen Hurts trying to drive on this Washington team. Make Ron Rivera and Alex Smith and Chase Young earn their playoff spot. Earn the division. Go try to stop try to stop Jalen Hurts. And when they went to Sudfeld, it wasn't even about the Giants. I just looked at it and I said, you know what, Doug, if you were going to do this, just start Sudfeld from the beginning. Why even play Jalen Hurts? Why put him in that situation to have him sitting on the bench as your team is down three points and looking around like, what the heck just happened? I mean, that that's where I was coming from. It wasn't about the Giants. To me, it was just about, like you said, Peterson just – the way he the way he played it out. If he didn't want to, if you didn't want to win the game and you were just worried about evaluation, evaluate your guys. Go ahead and take whatever criticism you're going to take. I just didn't like the way it came out, and, and it has nothing to do with Washington being undeserving of winning the division. Look, they deserve the win of the division. They they had seven wins. It doesn't matter that they got swept by the Giants. I think the Giants got swept by Washington back in 2011, and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. So nobody was crying for the Giants that, well, you you know, you got swept by Washington in the regular season. You shouldn't be able to get into the playoffs. That, that's not how it works. Our final one. It's going to be a fun postseason, man. I love the triple header on Saturday. I love the triple header on Sunday. And I think the divisional round could set up to be super juicy if we get Rodgers, Brady, 
if we get Lamar, Mahomes, like some of these matchups could be off the charts. I'm putting you on the spot because I love you, and that's what we do around here. Who's <laughs> playing in this year's Super Bowl? Oh, boy. Um, you know what? I, I'm not going against Green Bay and the NFC. I just think I think they're set up at this point, and I, I think the – the Seahawks are flawed um, the, from what I've seen. So I, I go Green Bay in the NFC. And, I mean, I, I think if it's, if it's Baltimore KC, I think if the Ravens continue to stay hot, I think they can give KC a game. But I'm going to go chalk, J.J. I, I'm going to go KC. I mean, I, I just – I think Andy Reid will get that team revved up, ready to play. And I, I'm not going against Mahomes in January. Uh, it's just not going to happen. So KC, KC Green Bay – kind of an old school uh nfl afl matchup that you know back in the day so that that would be my pick or stapleton one of my dudes covers the giants does an outstanding job might i add covering the giants for the record art we will catch up i'm sure at some point uh free agency draft combine who knows what form that's going to be in this year so regardless of this covid world that we live in the nfl as you know dude it does not stop I know. I'm hoping for a couple days here to, uh, to kind of decompress, but we'll be back on the circuit very, very quickly. So I appreciate it, JJ, always. Art, Happy New Year, man. Take care, all right? Too, pal. Bye-bye. That's Art Stapleton over at the record. Good stuff there on what he wants to see out of the New York Giants and likes a chalky Super Bowl. We'll see if that chalk holds. How about the Knicks? Up nine on the Utah Jazz. This has been the Austin Rivers fourth quarter. I thought they were going to get run out of the building in the third quarter when they were down double digits. This team does not, they do not quit. Early in the year, that's their hallmark. They don't quit. It's a great sign moving forward. We get it going with your calls once again at 877-337-6666. It's JJ, John Jastrzemski. We're right here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 